You motherfucker. You absolute cad. What are you talking about? What the fuck did I do? You farted. It's probably my first one today. You should be proud. What do I do? What do I do? Fight! <laughs> Fight! Wallace is the best thing about that fucking movie. Wallace is the best thing. Oh, have you seen the TikTok uh, where it was like, okay, choose a movie and replace everybody with one character with Muppets? And somebody was like, okay, yes, you're all going to say, yeah, replace everybody but Scott with Muppets. But hear this. Wallace is the only human, and everybody else are Muppets. <laughs> okay, Wallace has so many great moments, but mine happen my favorite Wallace moment happens in the background. It's uh, when he's fighting Lucas Lee. Yeah. And before the fight with the stuntman starts, he's mm -hmm. like, ask him what it's like to get a sloppy seconds. Scott turns around and asks, What's it like to get your... Yeah. yeah. If you watch Wallace, he just walks away. He just... It's so fucking funny for some reason. I love it. No, the Scott Pilgrim movie is an absolute fucking classic. It is. And, yeah, I I bought the collector's edition, like the classic collector's edition of the video game that just got re-released. Finally! Holy shit. Here's a weird fact about the movie. What? Edgar Wright told everybody not to blink. I know. Yeah, I thought I sent. I thought I sent that TikTok to you guys. You probably did. And I'm just like remembering it as something else. The only the only time anyone blinks in that movie is Kim yeah. Pine, and she blinks yeah. once, and that's it. The entire movie, mm -hmm. no one blinks because they wanted to make it look more like the comic book mm -hmm. or the uh, the graphic novel. Which I adore. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, I'm so pissed he didn't direct Ant Man. What do you mean? Was he supposed Edgar to? Wright was supposed to direct Ant-Man, but then Disney fired him because of um, artistic differences. That sucks. I don't like that. Yeah. Ant-Man still turned out okay. Oh, it's enjoyable. Okay. But fucking Edgar Wright, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, welcome to this month's bonus episode of Kinda Creepy. This is the second bonus episode of the year. Oh my god. Um... Our last one, hopefully this one makes up for our last one. I know Secret Agent Grandma wasn't everything that Rebecca or I wanted, but um, I think you might enjoy this one, Michael. We have Michael on as a guest. Hello. One of the usual hosts for the show. Uh, one of the three usual hosts, the other one being Tyler, uh, while the other two being me and Michael. <laughs> um, no, yeah, just leave me hanging there. Just leave me hanging in that silence, Michael. I appreciate that. Um, oh, you're doing good. Oh, thank you. You gotta allow people time to take stuff in. If it's constant action, 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 then it just gets fucking boring. You're right. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So what you're saying is we need to take a moment of silence for the next 20 minutes? No. Okay, Not well, 20 minutes. 10 minutes? No. 13 You allow people time to react. That's it. Then you go. Four minutes. <laughs> you know, um, I can take four minutes of curb stomping you. I got time. Four, min four minutes to curb stop me. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I'm gonna love it. Um, no, no, not to curb stop you. Four minutes of curb stomping you. Straight? Yeah. 240 oh. seconds. Oh no. Um, but no, yeah, Scott Pilgrim is a beautiful movie. It's like my, it is my favorite movie of all time. Um, 
can't say it's my favorite movie of all time, but it's definitely one of the ones I hold very close to my heart. I think it's my favorite movie of all time just because it has a, simp- a specific place in my heart. Because I didn't find it until later on, but I remember seeing it, like, commercials for it and loving it and wanting to see it so <laughs> bad. And seeing it had a video game being like, yes, I want that. Or, like, once I did see it, saw it had a video game. It was like, yes, I want that. But I didn't get a PS3 until, like, after high school. And so, by the time I got it, it was already taken down. And I'm so happy that it's back up. I'm so happy that this game exists again. And, God, I love it. Like, I am <laughs> I am so excited to get my collector's edition in from Limited Run. I know I have to wait a while for it, but it's gonna... But being a physical collector, it's gonna be so worth it. Like, it's so worth it to me. Um, it comes with the soundtrack. Uh, I don't think it comes Excellent with... Excellent soundtrack. I don't think it comes with an art book. I actually have the game soundtrack um, downloaded, and I have the movie soundtrack already on CD. But I have the game soundtrack downloaded on Spotify. It fucking... It bops, man. It's so good. <laughs> it rips so hard, man. It's so good. Um, I think it comes with, like, two uh, tickets or whatever. Like, two replica tickets yeah. um, for the Chaos Theater. And I just got my Scott Pilgrim shirt in. Like, I got one off oh, of yeah. off of TeePublic. It's, um... Uh, it's blue, it's very comfy, and it ha- it has the logo for Sex bob on it, and under it says Chaos Theater Toronto 2005. Nice. I love it. It makes me so happy. I just got that, and I wore that yesterday, and it's so cozy. <laughs> so, so cozy. Um, but anyway, today, uh, Michael, you do not know what we're doing today. Yet, I do right? not. All well, right. I know we're reading a book. Yes, we- well, that's what we are doing. But I you don't-, don't know which book, though. Yeah, we are reading a Give Yourself Goosebump book, uh, so one of the ones with a shiny cover. Yes. This is called The Knight in Screaming Armor. The Knight in Screaming Armor. Yes. Uh, this was randomly picked uh, by you. I gave you a number one through nine, because those are the ones yes. I have left that we haven't done on I my shelf. four. Yes, you said four, and that's what this one was. Uh, it's actually number nine in the series, but on my shelf it was the fourth in a row that we haven't done. Um... It released in September of 1996. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has 23 different endings. I was eight years old. Really? No, I was seven. Was this is before my eighth birthday. Shit. You were... You just... Like, a month after you turned eight, I was born. <laughs> Jesus fuck. Okay. Uh, carbon dating. Jesus fucking <laughs> Christ. All right. Um... So let's see, there are, dude, you ready for this? Yes. There are 20 bad endings and three good endings in this book. Do you think you can get lucky again? I highly doubt it. Highly doubt it? All right. I highly doubt it. Well, uh, before we read the blurb on the back, I just want to remind everybody what the rules are. Um, Mm -hmm. This might be someone's first bonus episode, or in case you forgot. Uh, The rules are, I have... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have eight markers. I have eight bookmarks. And these act as save slots. And so every time we have a decision, I will mark a save slot for you to come back to in case you die. You have three lives to get a good ending. Or if you get a good ending earlier, you're able to say, I, I want to stop it there. Or you're able to just keep going and see what else happens. Uh, that's very possible. Um, But after, nine, after all eight save slots are used up, you have the option to delete a prior save slot to uh, save, to put the save slot where that choice is. Uh, But it will block off that other route to you for the rest of the game. 
All right. So, uh, let's read the, bl- bl- the blurb on the back. It was a night to dismember. Your cousins, Kip and Abby, have come to visit you from jolly old England. And guess what they brought with them? Two huge crates, baby, each containing a suit of armor and a curse. But it doesn't matter, because you're dying to see what's inside. If you open the crate marked Evil Knight, you will be hypnotized by the knight's sparkling medallion and will have to face an ugly sorceress. Ew. If you open the Good Knight crate, you'll discover a room full of mannequin heads that talk. Before you know it, you've lost your head. Can you pull yourself together before time runs out? The choice is yours in this scary Goosebumps adventure that's packed with over 20 sp- super spooky endings 23 to be exact the first uh, 20 of them being bad all right yay yay okay i just need a sound clip of the fucking audience from uh reluctant werewolf reluctant werewolf i don't i don't i i love that movie so much but i haven't seen it in such a long time dude i'll watch it every halloween i need to see it again it used to be so i have verve and they used to have a section of like boomerang on there mm-hmm. too and that's where all the scooby-doo movies were and they i guess the deal ran out or boomerang wanted to do a different thing and so it's not on verve anymore mm-hmm. and i'm so ungodly upset well, like i'm it. so damn upset because i really like i had all the scooby-doo mov- movies there at a moment's notice i could just watch them and now like they're gone they're gone yeah i have to buy the dvds or whatever and i'm very upset well you could check pluto, pluto. or wco stream What's that? Uh, Pluto is an app where, not an advertisement, uh, where you can watch things for free. Mm-hmm. And uh, WCO Stream is a website. And that's where I used to watch all my anime. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, sometimes the videos would reset in the middle back to the beginning. Yeah. And that got annoying because it would do it multiple times. Mm-hmm. But all you got to do is just fast forward to where you were. Okay. Um, no, I'm very te- I was very tempted to get, like... Like, one day I was like, maybe I'll just get a subscription to Boomerang. And Rebecca was like, no, don't do that. And if I get an, if I get another subscription, it'll be the Amazon Prime so I can do their movie stuff and get a bunch of extra shit with it, you know? Use mine. I can't. I can't use it with my TV because um, my Fire Stick is hooked up to my Amazon. And so mm. if I switch to do Amazon Prime for you, I'd have to switch it over. Can't you get Amazon Prime on your uh, PlayStation? Probably, but that's not where we watch things. We don't watch things in the game room. We watch things in our living room. Oh, uh, yeah. Does that, that make sense? Just uh, connect your phone to your TV. I guess. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I could probably do that. But anyway, let's go ahead and get on into this. All right, page one. Pip, pip, ta-ta, jolly good, tally-ho and all that rot. Your dog, wow. not your dog, your dad exclaims. Dad, you plead, please. So sorry, he apologizes in his best British accent. We just want your cousins to feel quite at home now, don't we? It's not every day we have the visitors have visitors from England. It's been over a year since we've seen them. Jolly good, ta-ta, pip-pip, your dad says again. Jesus fucking Christ, starting off hard with the fucking... The stereotypes? The stereotypical, yeah. Good lord. Yeah, really. Okay. Yes, your mom adds, your uncle will be giving lectures at several important American museums, so Kip and Abby will be staying with us for a whole week. Isn't that terrific? You only half agree. Kip Saxon is your age. Sometimes he complains too much, but mostly he's a pretty cool kid. His 15-year-old sister is another story. Abby acts like she's a queen. She's the queen of the world, you say. She could be a royal pain. 
Oh, you'll have fun, your dad assures you. Uncle Will says Kip and Abby are bringing a big surprise with them. A surprise, you ask? What surprise? But before your dad can say another word about the surprise, the, door the doorbell rings. They're here, your mom calls from the front hall. She opens the door as the airport shuttle van pulls away. Your cousins are standing in the doorway. You haven't changed a bit, your mom declares as she hugs Abby and Kip. I hope that I hope that's not true, you mutter. Your tall blonde cousin is already staring past you and into the mirror behind you. Hi, you manage to say to her. Abby primps her long golden curls before she answers. Oh, hi, she, she says as she pats her hair about a hundred times. Still the same old Abby, you have to admit. Forget her, someone says laughing. It's Kip. Uh, can you give me a hand? We've got more stuff to bring in. Your sandy-haired cousin moves back out onto the front step and points to two lar two huge wooden crates. The crates are taller than your dad. What the? You start to say. Artifacts, your dad chimes in. Uncle Will is coming here next week to lecture at the Medieval Museum downtown. I told him uh, we'd store some exhibits here until he arrives, but I never expected anything this big. First of all, it's not how that works. They would be going to the museum, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think... That's not how that works. Same with the mummy episode that we did. Yeah, yeah that's like, what I'm getting flashbacks to. Yeah, they'd be going to the fucking museum. Also, I don't think a suit, suits of armor would be transported intact. Yeah, you'd think they'd be broken down a little bit and then reassembled. Yeah, packed more securely. Mm-hmm. Uh, these crates will have to go in the garage. What's in the crates anyway, you ask Kip. Go to page three. Two suits of armor, Kip says. That's what's in the crates. They're really old. From the 15th century. I'm gonna... Yeah, I'm not going to do the British accent the whole time, because I'm not even... Sh like, sometimes I get confused about who's, like, talking, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, from the 15th century, we called one of them the Evil Knight. It's been with the Saxton family forever. The other... Why wouldn't you call that one the Good Knight? The other suit was Sir Edmund Saxon's. Uh, he's our great, great, uh, great... Well, you get the picture. The crates are on wheels. You, Kip and Abby, and your dad pull them down the driveway to the garage behind your house. You notice a label on one of the crates. Hey, look at this, you cry. You read the label aloud. Beware this dark and evil night, cursed still from long ago. Until a good knight fights for right, the night brings misery and woe. That's kind of spooky, you add. No, don't read that out loud, Kip cautions too late. It's an evil curse on the whole Saxton family. A curse, you laugh. You don't believe in curses, do you? Sure I do, and so should you if you know what's good for you, Kip whispers. I guess you've never heard the tale. The tale? What tale, you ask? A knight's tale. The knight's tale. Um, everyone has them. They're all furries. <laughs> the legend of the... The legend of the curse of the knight in screaming armor, Kip answers. Years ago, an evil sorceress got angry at the king's best knight. Are you good over there? I'm good. <laughs> screaming armor. Ah! It's like the sun from Rick and Morty. Yes. Just constantly. Ah! It's no, it constantly does the Wilhelm scream. That's not the Wilhelm. What is the Wilhelm? I can't, I can't do That's basically well. what I did, yeah. Um, uh, best knight, Sir Edmund Saxon. You know, our ancestor? He killed her favorite dragon or something. Dragons, um, dude, come on. Anyway, she put a curse on him. The curse of the knight in screaming armor. She made a special suit of armor and sent it to him as a gift. The armor was haunted. It held the spirit of an evil knight. That night, horrible screams and cries were heard from the Saxon castle. In the morning... 
Sir Edmund and all of his family had been killed. Why would you accept the armor of an enemy? Anyway. Keep as a trophy? I guess. Like, if they just send it to you, like, here, as a gift to good fortune, here's a whole thing of armor. Kip's eyes grow wide as he goes on. All of his family was dead except one son. He had been out hunting. Anyway, he kept the armor. He was too scared to throw it away. The four of you arrive at the garage, and your dad reaches down to, the, to open the door. This is that armor. Family legend has it that one day it will wake up again, thirsty for Saxon blood. Saxton blood. Then it, will all, then it will destroy all that is good. Unless a brave and noble Saxton can defeat it, it has to be a member of the Saxton family. Ha! You laugh. I'm related to you, so I'm a Saxton. What's an evil knight suit of armor going to do to me? Get your answer on page 96. Well, here's our first random jump for no reason. I know, right? Yeah. It, like, it, it was okay. It went to, like, page 4 or 5 and then went, okay, 96, go. No decisions, just go to 96. Man, that's just... That dumb. And the thing is, this page has a decision on it, so you could just went to five and then made a decision. <sighs> anyway. You can just forget oh, no. that screaming armor story. Abby snaps. <coughs> Bless you. Whew. And the germs you just spread all over the inside of your shirt that you pulled up to not sneeze on the camera. Th or not camera, but Mike, thank you so much. Oh. Um, you can just forget that suit, that screaming armor story. Abby snaps before Kip gets a uh, chance to answer you. It's totally stupid and it's not even true. But long after, uh, well, yeah, I heard dragons and thought, okay, maybe this isn't exactly 100% accurate. Uh, long, but long after everyone has gone to sleep, you lie awake thinking about the crates in your garage. Hours later, you've just dozed off when you're awakened by a chilling scream. And it's coming out from the garage. The curse, you gasp. If you try to ignore the scream, turn to page 13. If you investigate the chilling shriek, turn to page 19. Turn to page 19. Okay. We'll investigate. You want to investigate? Probably because you know that R.L. Stein's is going to make you do it anyway, right? That, and if I just try to ignore a fucking scream, that increases the probability of it just coming for me. I guess. Because it wants to kill me and my family. Probably. Scream! Another shriek fills the night. Kip and Abby are as wide awake as you are. The piercing screams draw the three of you together at your bedside. You grab each of your cousins by the hand. We have to go out to the garage and investigate, you declare. We have to find out what's out there. Another scream pierces the air. Abby forgets how much cooler than you she she is for a moment and clutches one of your arms. Kip grabs your other one. You grab a flashlight from your desk and make your way out into the night with your pool floaties gently at your side. <laughs> I'm just... Imagining them latching onto his arm, he just calmly grabs the flashlight while they're, like, being lifted by Yeah, his really, arms. he's just, like, stiff and being, like, lifted, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, you pull your cousins along behind you. Eventually, you come to the garage door. You pause a moment and listen to the screams. Well, here goes, you say. You reach down, grab the handle, and lift it open. Turn to page 113. 13. The garage door swings up and out of your way. Dark was never as dark as this. Monsters seem to lurk in every corner. Familiar forms look strange. The beam of your flashlight cuts past the frightful shadowy figures to the two crates. They stand like tombstones in the middle of the garage. Except for one of them, except that one of them is vibrating, shaking back and forth. The light reflects off a label on one of the crates, the one with the curse on it. 
Then you notice another handwritten label near the top of each crate. One says, Evil Knight. The other reads, Good Knight. <laughs> Knight, um, which one should we open, you say nervously. Neither, Kip replies. He seems terrified, maybe a little too terrified. You're not sure you buy all this cursed stuff. Maybe it's all a big trick. Kip and Abby could have gotten some uh, someone to shout and shake the crate around. Who's real? Like, how? They're, they're not around. They don't live around here. They live in England. There's no way they would just know somebody to be like, hey, can you do this? So you can prank our cousin. Um... Uh, okay, who's really in that evil night crate anyway, you wonder? Then again, those screams do sound pretty spooky. Maybe you should play it safe and open the crate marked good night. A suit of armor could come in handy if there is some crazy curse. Okay, if you open the crate marked good night, turn to page 33. If you open the crate marked evil night, turn to page 49. What will your answer be, Michael? Let's open the evil night. We're going to open the evil night. Okay. Yeah. 49 it is. I want to see this howling helm. Okay. Okay, okay. The fun's over, you declare. You move over to the crate marked evil night and start to loosen the straps, holding it shut. It's still shaking a bit, but the screaming has died down to a faint moan. You really had me go in there for a moment, you continue. Those screams sound pretty scary. And all that moaning and shaking? Wow, you guys are good. Kip and Abby look as if they don't know what you're talking about, but you know better. Who did you who did you get to help you with this little prank anyway? My dad, you ask? Your dad is just the sort of goofball to go in for something like this, too. You fumble with the leather straps, but you finally get them undone. By now, you're chuckling to yourself. It really was a good prank, complete with these oversized crates. Still, you can't believe you fell for it. Speaking of falling, that's what the front that's what the front door to the crate next or does next, sorry. It's also what your lower jaw does. It falls open. You try to scream, but all that comes out is a little whimper. There, in front of you, about a foot from your face, you stare into the laser-light eyes of the knight in screaming armor. Turn to page 16. If you dare! So this kid is the size of a full-grown man? Yeah, I don't know. I guess so. The evil knight, or the knight's the size of a kid. True. Um, the evil knight's head is a steaming hunk of black metal. A sparkling medallion hangs around his neck. Something about his medallion holds your gaze. You can't stop looking at it. With you standing there, helpless before him, the evil knight raises his heavy sword, and, and, he brings it down, and slashes open the back of the crate behind him. The wood shatters like ice. In the land of Saxons, you shall be destroyed! His voice booms over you. You shiver. He glances back at you and then disappears through the new opening. You're not sure how long you stand there in shock. The next thing you know, Abby and Kip are standing next to you. Did you see that? You stammer. Yeah, no big deal, Abby tries to sound cool. Look, Kip exclaims, this hole in the back of the crate. There are hills in it. Yeah, right, what's that mean? Abby huffs, but he's right. You peer through the hole. You see emerald green hills and a pale blue sky. You feel... You feel wind against your face. You feel yourself drawn to the scene like you were to the medallion. We'd better go through, you say, without taking your eyes off of the scene before you. If not, we'll never break this cursed thing. You push aside the splinters and step through to page 119. Okay. Kip and Abby follow you through the hole in the back of the crate. When all three of you are through, something slams shut behind you. You turn to look and the crate has disappeared. All you see around you are hills, soft, green, rolling hills. 
It's so beautiful, you say. It's a whole new world. You rub your eyes, but it doesn't go away. It's our world, Abby exclaims. We're back in England. It's exactly where the evil knight wants us to be, Kip says softly. England, the land of the Saxons. England. Who cares, Abby says. We're home. Don't look so happy, Kip warns. The evil knight wants to destroy us. We may be home for good, or should I say, for evil? That makes no sense, Kip. Come on. Uh, you gaze around, you stunned. There's no way to explain what just happened to you. Hundreds of sheep are uh, grazing on a nearby hill. One wild-looking ram glances up at you. Your heart jumps. Its eyes are glowing. You cry out. Wait, no. His eyes are glowing, you cry out. Your pulse starts to race. The horned head of the ram morphs into the armored head of the evil knight. So he, he ran out just to morph into a ram, just to look at you and go, Pop! Ha ha! I'm actually a knight! This he, motherfucker is mystique now? He lowers his head and paws the ground. Steam pours through the grill on his helmet. He's going to ram us, you cry! Run for your lives! Turn to page 97. Um, led by the evil knight, the whole herd of sheep stampedes. Terror grips you as the thundering herd bears down on the three of you. You're about to be trampled! The stampede sounds like a sonic boom. You wrap your arms around your head and wait to feel the pain of, of a hundred little hooves pounding you into the grass. So this is how he plans to destroy you, you think. You open your mouth to scream, but you can't hear anything over the thundering of sheep feet. Then... Suddenly, there's nothing but the sound of screaming. Your own screaming. You peek through your arms. The stampede herd is gone. The hills are gone. All that's left are prickle bushes. You're buried in prickle bushes. And they hurt! Turn to page 132. I don't quite understand. Hallucination? Ouch! Abby cries. She breaks herself free from the prickly bush. You can't help laughing. At, not exactly the time. Abby is a human pincushion. She has little prickly leaves stuck all over her. Ouch! You and Kip say together as you fall out of the bushes. You find yourselves looking like two porcupines, too. You hear giggles, and they're not Abby's. You glance over your shoulder to see something you never imagined you'd see. Two miniature men are laughing and rolling on the ground. Each man is about the size of a football. They laugh and smack their knees and point at you. Pixies! Kip cries. Pixies, you say. You've got to be kidding me. The little men disappear for a minute. They resurface in the bushes close by. This way out, one giggles, pointing to the left. No, this way out, says the other, pointing to the right. Which one can you trust? Follow the pixie pointing to the left, or follow the pixie pointing to the right? This choice is bullshit. I don't like it. This choice is bullshit. <laughs> and I don't like it. It's based on nothing. Okay. I'll go left. I'm right-handed, so I'll go left. That makes no sense. The answer was just as bullshit as the question. No, 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 no. It's because people who are right-handed have a tendency to always go right. Oh, really? Yeah. That's weird. Okay. Fair. I guess that's fair, then. 32. Let's go to the left, Abby says, pulling thorns out of her arm. There's a cottage down the hill. Maybe we can help get help there. Hello? Am I the only one who thinks there's something weird going on here, you ask? Abby and Kip can't hear you. They're already walking across the windy meadow toward the cottage. Pixies, you mumble to yourself. You take off after Kip and Abby. You don't get too far when you hear a, def a deafening rumble. It sounds like an earthquake. You see bits of turf flying in the air. You turn and look behind you to see hedges. Killer hedges. They're growing at an incredible rate. Actually, they're not so much growing as bursting through the earth in jagged lines, walls of branches and leaves, and it looks as if, yes, they are heading right for you 
It's time to start sprinting again, and there's no use screaming about it either. Now's the time to move. Uh, move over to page 27. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hedges are exploding out of the ground, fully grown. They're spreading towards you with amazing speed. You're no match for them. They burst past you, blocking your path. You try to stop short, but not fast enough to avoid a face full of prickles. Kip and Abby, too. You start to run the other way, but you don't get far before you come up against another wall of hedge. It doesn't seem to matter which way you turn. Any open path is instantly blocked by a solid wall of high bramble bushes. Uh, pickers grab at you as you run past. You shake them off and keep running. You have to get out of here. The walls around you grow higher and higher, cutting the sky into lines of blue. The three of you race in every direction, but it's no use. You stop for a second to catch your breath. The ground beneath you starts to rumble and shake. Ah! You scream. You can imagine the hedge are about to explode through the ground and up through your body. You brace yourself. But then it stops. It's quiet again. Except for Kip. We're trapped! He bellows. What do we do now? Try to escape on page 78. Oh, oh, oh. There we go. All right. You stare at the wall of greenery surrounding you. The hedges are too high, you say. We can't climb over them. It looks like a maze, Abby comments. You know, Kip, uh, like they used to have at royal palaces and stuff. I wonder if there's a way out. Well, uh, we'll either have to find our way out or break through the hedge. We can't stay in here forever, you say. Forever? Kip wails. Knock it off, Kip, you and Abby, Abby both cry. So... What will it be? If you try to find your way out, turn to page 51. If you try to break through the hedge instead, turn to page 116. 51. 51? Mm -hmm. All right, fair enough. Okay, here we go. So you think you're good at mazes, huh? Try to get yourself out of this one. Pick up a pencil and try to draw the escape route of the maze below. Can you do it on your first try? They have a maze on this book. But how dare they... How, R.L. Stein, how dare you for making me try, for trying to make me draw on a book? Yeah, let me see the maze. How fucking, are you guys gonna trace it with your fingers? Oh, yeah. yeah, watch out for the, uh, the things. Okay, so, he's looking at it pretty intensely. Let's see if you can make it out of the maze. Meanwhile, I'm going to check some... Made it. You made it already? Down, left, up, left, down, left. Down. Right. Up. Right. Down. Right. Hmm. Down. Left. Down. Right. Up. Right. Down. Left. Up. Left. Up. Left. Down. Alright. Well, let me see. <laughs> if you make it through, hooray for you. Face your next challenge on page 75. Alright, well, you made it through. 75. You could have just lied to me, but that's fine. I trust you. Um, show your work I'm not marking in your book no I'd, I would never let you mark in my book I will take a picture of my phone and use my finger on that that's probably yeah the better thing to do alright the hedges are behind you the green hills are in front of you green hill zone fuck yeah but is it fucking something to the left me something to the right here I am stuck in the middle with you I don't know with the lyrics uh, some jokers to the right Jokers are left of me. Bring to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Anyway, hedges to the right of me. Green hills to the left. Here. <laughs> um, there's a warm wind in your face, and something, something is coming over those hills. A dark black mist is rolling towards you. It's already halfway to where you're standing. 
I don't like the look of this, Kip says. The warm wind picks up. Dark clouds gather. Dust whips around in whirlpools. Evil is in the air around you. Look, you remark. Sooner or later, we're going to have to face this evil knight. That's the only way to break the curse, right? Only a Saxon can defeat him. I'd prefer later to sooner, Kip starts to an, an to an answer back. Uh, but he never finishes the sentence. The scream of the evil knight announces his arrival. Find out what happens next on page 85. Oh, shit, I think it's showdown time. How am I still alive? How am I still alive? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I get it. The evil knight scream the evil knight's screams mingle with the blasting with the whirling blast of hot air, whistling blast of hot air rather. You can almost feel his evil breath mixed in with the wind. You know he's so close. The dark mist rushes at you. The force of the gale throws the three of you backwards against the hedge. But you don't feel the prickly leaves. You don't land on the ground where you were before. In fact, you don't land at all. You're falling. The three of you cry together, falling, falling, falling. If uh, the chair you're sitting in has a cushion... Turn to page 48. If the chair doesn't, if it doesn't have a cushion or you're not sitting on a chair, turn to page 72. Couches count, right? I believe they do, yes. Alright, it has a cushion. We'll go to page 48. I will. It should be if the item you are sitting on has yeah. a cushion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what if people who just sit on cushions? Right, yeah. That That's very not, like, mm. that's not inclusive. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to land on something soft. Thump, you land on something soft. It's a... <laughs> I can't see the book and I've never read this before. Is that actually in there? Oh yeah, thump, you land on something soft. Oh my god. Continue. It's a body. Oh yay! A human body! Oomph! Please get off of me this instant. A regal-looking boy dressed in tights and puffy shorts pushes you. Pushes you, Kip, and Abby off of him. You all stand up and dust yourselves off. Who are you? You ask the boy. He looks your age. I am a page, answers the boy. Page 48 in a class of 144. A page? Abby asks. What's a page? We are knights in training, the book... Or the boy answers proudly. And we're trying to get away from a knight, you remind Abby. Can you show us the way out of here? Kip asks. Page 48. We're on page 48, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I just realized that. Page 48 points to a gate that opens... Wait. What do you say? Out of how many pages? That uh, Out of... 140-something? 144. We only have 35 pages. So it would have been funnier mm -hmm. if he said... Out of 130, some of it probably got edited down. Hmm? Some of it probably got edited down. That sucks. Yeah, but it should have been changed then. Yeah. But maybe he just forgot. Anyway, it, it it seems like an R.L. Stein move to make a really funny joke and then forget. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, page forty-eight points to a gate that opens by itself. That's the way out. He says it's the Valley of Rocks. Hurry, you order Abby and Kip. The gate is closing. You make it through just as the gate crashes down behind you. You look back. Page 48 is gone. All you see before you is a, is a night sky and a strange, mysterious valley full of rocks. Take the risky, rocky exit to page 72. I'll get there eventually. Hold on. There. I hate... I Sometimes I'll just go past it and I'll try to go back and I'll go past it one more time. I'm like, mm. all right, come here, you little bugger. <laughs> like... 
You landed in a valley, but the green hills of a moment ago are long gone. In fact, there isn't a blade of grass as far as the eye can see. It's all rocks, broken up shards and boulders and stones. And it's dark. A pale moon shines up above. Abby tries to move and barely bounces on a on a wobbly platform of stone. She shrieks, This is like an avalanche waiting to happen! Be careful, Kip warns. These flat rocks aren't as steady as they, steady as they look. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks for the tip, Kip, Abby says. I think we noticed. They're right. The rocks are standing on, the rock you're standing on tips and throws you backward onto another flat rock below. Whoa, you cry as your new rocky floor saws back and forth. You glance down. There are more jagged rocks awaiting to catch you below. Next, you look up and something flashes. High up on the rocky points of this mountain, something silvery shimmers in the moonlight. It seems to be calling you. What is it? Climb over to page 28. Where are you going? Kip asks you as you carefully step off your uh, rocking rock and onto his. Look up there, you say. You point to the gleaming object. I have a feeling whatever is up there is something we need. I don't know why, but there is something we need. Wait, no. I don't know why, but I have to find out what it is. I'm going to get it. I'll come with you, Kip volunteers. Stop right there, Abby orders. Don't take another step. You're not leaving me alone. Oh yeah, Abby's afraid of heights, Kip, murmur Kip mumbles. I'll go by myself, you declare. You two stay together here, bouncing on all fours. You move up onto the next rock. You feel as if you're climbing as if you're climbing on eggshells. One false move, and the rock uh, you're on could crumble away. You could tumble all the way to the bottom. You test each rock before you move uh, to it. It's amazing how many how many of them have jagged edges. Higher and higher you climb. Then you see it, a hand sticking up from the rock. Uh, come, sticking out from the rocks. Look closer on page 133. It's holding a sword! It's holding a- You idiot! We're all holding swords! <laughs> what is that guard's name? I don't know. I can't remember it. Um, uh, you peer clo- Uh, you peer closer at the rock- Also, this, um, this came to another, like, decision page. Just remind me that the- Yes. The goosebump marker holds two. Gotcha. You peer closer at the hand sticking up out of out of the rocks. It's only made of made of stone. That's when you notice that the rock you're sitting on has a face. Ah! You yell. Sorry. The stone's face is frozen in an expression of pain. You move to another rock, but as you look around, all of the broken rocks are shaped like people, broken pieces of people. Abby, Kip, you cry, but there's no answer. You can't see them from where you are without uh, losing your balance. But if they're turning into but what if they're turning into stone or something? You think you call it again, but again, there's no reply. What's going on? Maybe they just can't hear you from down below, but maybe you should climb back down and check on them just to be safe. If you keep climbing to the shimmering object, turn to page 124. If you scramble back down the mountain to help your cousins, turn to page 35. Okay, this is actually a hard one. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, because there's a possibility that the object is going this to turn me to stone. Possibly. There's also a possibility that I need it. Tyler got him safe, by the way. Oh, good, good. I'm glad. <sighs> I really gotta pee, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you better make your decisions faster, Michael. We'll go down and check on the cousins. Fuck it. Alright, cool. We'll go to page 35. Alright, here we go. Your cousins could be in trouble. Kip and Abby could be turning into stone this very minute. Don't move, you yell down. I mean, do move if you can. I'm coming down to save you. 
Uh, you take one last glance at the shining object. Rock by rock, you backtrack the way you came. It's even harder to move downward, but there's no time to lose. Mostly, you try not to think about what these rocks and boulders used to be. You set your foot against what used to be someone's shoulder. It jiggles under your weight, and then it flips up. You tumble headfirst down the rocky slope. Ouch! Ouch! Ech! Ouch! You yell with each bump. Finally, you land with a crash on your, at your cousin's feet. Turn to page 101 to find out what's happened to them. Oh no. Oh no, my cousins. You lie there among the rocks for a moment. Your head is still spinning from your fall. Are you alright? Abby asks. We saw the whole thing, Kip says with with admiration. I give it a perfect 10. You were fantastic. I thought you were turning to stone, you sputter. Ha! Good one, Abby laughs. We were just trying to keep still. We didn't want to start an avalanche uh, while you were up there. Yeah, Kip exclaims. It's just like with snow. The slightest movement or sound might bring everything tumbling down. That's it, an avalanche. Kip, you're a genius, you exclaim. I am? He is? Abby looks amazed. An avalanche. That's the way to get that shimmering thing. It will help us. I just know it. And if not, maybe an avalanche can help us get out of this horrible place, you exclaim. Before they can stop you, you pick up a, a good-sized rock and throw it as far as you can up the slope. Pieces of rock start to cascade down the rock face. You, Kip, and Abby scramble to the edge of the slope out of the way. Scramble over to page 121. Oh, shit. You're still alive, so... When the rumbling of the avalanche is done, you brush the dust off of your face and glance around. In the light of the full moon, you see a trench in the middle of a hill. It worked, you shouted. The avalanche has cleared a path. And look what I found, Kip says. He holds up a shiny metal key. It was right here under this rock. Kip, you're a genius, you say happily again. Turn to page 134. Very back of the book, okay. The three of you make your way up the path, all the way up and over the top of the hill, off in the distance, you see a cottage. It's that cottage again, you say. Then you have an idea. The key! Maybe it fits the door to that cottage. After walking on all those rocking, rocking rocks, the trip to the cottage is easy. No pixies change your path, no sheep stampede, and so far there's no evil night in sight. Hurry! You call to Kip and Abby. You move quickly and quietly along the dirt road to the cottage. When you are a few feet from it, you stop to look at the cottage more carefully. It's a small two-story white house with a thatched roof. A garden of petunias and snapdragons lines the curved stone walkway leading to the heavy wooden door. I wonder who lives here, Abby asks. It's quite stylish in an old-fashioned way. She peeks in the window. It's too dark in there, she whispers. I can't see a thing. You knock on the door. There's no answer. You knock harder. Still no answer. Try the key, Kip suggests. You put the silver key in the lock and try to twist your hand. Turn to page 38. No? 39. My bad. The silver key fits perfectly into the lock, but it won't turn. I don't get it, you say. This key looks like it should go with this lock. No luck. You put the key back in your pocket. You step back from the door to search for another way in. As soon as you move away, the door slowly swings open. Come in, the voice of a very old man. Oh, wait. Come in, the voice of a very old man invites from somewhere inside the cottage. I've been waiting for you. Waiting for us, Abby stammers. She peers into the darkened doorway. But I don't see you, Abby says. Come closer, the old man says in a friendly voice. It's been so long since I had some good company. The three of you step into the cottage. The door slams behind you. Okay, 
You get a choice. If the slam makes you scream, turn to page 87. If the slam makes you jump, turn to page 105. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't give me that look, but I, I, I totally get it. That's kind of what I thought, too. I'm not audible when I'm scared. So we're just going to go to the jump, then? Yeah. Jump on page 105. That's our last bookmark, by the way. We ran out. Great. All right, let's see. You've made it quite a while in this story. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, the loud slam of the door startles you. You jump two feet in the air. When you come back down, the floor opens beneath you. Or the floor beneath you opens. A trap door, you exclaim. The three of you plunge downwards. It seems like you're falling for a while. Then, your luck changes. You land on a soft bed covered with brown cloth. Phew, you sigh, catching your breath. I don't know where we are, but I am glad to be away from that old guy. I can't explain it, but his voice really gives me the creeps. I keep telling Abby the same thing, Kip teases. I can't explain it, but her face really gives me the creeps. Don't push your luck, Kip, Abby warns, and she whacks him with a piece of brown cloth. What are these, anyway, Kip asks. He lifts up the coarse brown sheet uh, that just hit his face. They're monk's robes, Abby answers. See? She puts one on over her head. She looks just like a monk in a movie. Cool. You and Kip try them on, too. Just for funsies. What are they doing this, in this old guy's basement? Shh. Abby hushes you. Listen. The sound of low chanting comes from somewhere above you. Do you think it's the knight in screaming armor? You ask. It sounds more like singing than moaning. Then it's probably not the screaming armor that is fucking screaming. Tiptoe to page 123. Your, your, your face looks like your brain is making motions. What's going on? What are you thinking? I'm just trying to recall uh, English legends and myths. Oh? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, what kind? Just anything that might be able to help me. I don't oh, know yeah? if R.L. Stein based any of this off actual mythology. Oh, I don't know. But I'm trying to recall anything I know about England's lore. Well, shit. Like, folklore. And I am drawing a fucking blank. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, you see stone steps in the corner of the basement. We'd better see what's up there, you whisper. You lead the way up the stone steps. Medieval paintings line the wall. Carved angels hover near the arched ceiling. It's like a castle, you say. It's a monastery. Abby corrects you. Monks probably used to live here centuries ago. And who's that chanting in the next room? Kip gulps. The chanting grows louder and louder as you enter a large dining room. Long benches are filled with robed figures bent over a narrow wooden table. The figures keep their hooded heads bowed. They chant over their meal. There's no food at the table, Kip whispers loudly. All the figures turn around at once. Motherfucker, Kip! Oh, Abby lets out a startled cry. The robes are empty. Where their faces should be, there's empty space. They're ghosts. You make a break for the stairs, but you're all alone when you get there. Find out why on page 135. The very last page. Shit. When you get to the stone steps, you look back for Abby and Kip, but they're not there. Then you see them. They're walking toward over towards the table. What are they doing? Come on, you guys, this way, you shout. But it's too late. Their faces are already starting to fade. The chanting grows louder. Now you can hear what they're saying. No bell tolls for us. No bell tolls for us. They chant. Find out what it means on page 41. It's actually kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Kip and Abby don't notice that they are running out of... That you are running out of the dining hall. They don't care. They reach back to pull their hoods up over their vanishing heads. Now Kip and Ad Abby are champing too. Champing. Fuck, my voice. Now Kip and Abby are chanting too. 
No bell tolls for us. No bell tolls for us. No bell tolls for us. You race down a different set of stone stairs. A doorway at the bottom leads out to the courtyard. Across the yard is a crumbling bell tower. As you run for it, the chanting monks hurry close behind you. They're not going to let you escape. They want you to join them, too. You race up the broken stone steps to the top of the tower. A rotting rope hangs from a black cast iron bell. There's a kettle full of some bubbling black liquid on the floor. You reach for the bell rope and the ghosts stop in their tracks. They hold their thick sleeves up against their hoods to where their ears would be if they had ears. As terrified as you are of them, they seemed frightened by the bell. If you pull the rope to ring the bell, turn to page 110. If you decide to throw the liquid at them instead, turn to page 73. Okay, first of all, we gotta we gotta get rid of a bookmark. Get rid of the first. The very first one? Yep. Like I'm I'm this far in, I'm not gonna reset. You're not gonna completely reset? <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. First one is gotten rid of. We're going with Evil Knight all the way. So what are you thinking? Ring that bell Ring that bell Alright, one ten. What is a fucking liquid gonna do to ghosts? I don't know. Stain I, their robes? I don't know. Um, my only thought, and I ha I don't know anything about this. My only thought is that it might turn them visible. And the only thing I can see coming from that is the is like that they look grotesque or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay, one ten. You pull down on the rotten rope. It breaks off in your hands. No bell tolls for us. No bell tolls for us. No bell tolls for us. The ghostly hooded robed monks chant solemnly. They made it to the bell tower where you are. Abby and Kip reach their hands out to you. Join us, they drone. Be one with us. No bell tolls for us. No bell tolls for us. Abby, Kip, you plead with them. Don't fade. Don't fade. It's no use. Your cousin's faces are getting fainter and fainter. The chanting of the monks echo echoes in their ears. No bell tolls for us. No bell tolls for us. You know they have you know you have to escape from here before it's too late. Race to page 88. I'm still not dead. You're still not dead. I'm still standing better than I ever did. No bell tolls for us. No bell tolls for us. Kip's and Abby's voices rise above the others. You gaze into their transparent eyes and catch a glimpse of their of your own reflection. Under the hood of your robe, there's no face at all. No bell tolls for us. No bell tolls for us, you hear yourself say. No bell tolls for us. Face it. You're a dead ringer until the end. Oh no. I didn't get a Nobel Prize out of that one. Alright, uh, so that was your first life. You got very far in, so I kind of want you to see this to the end a bit. Oh, I will. Okay, so which do you want to go back to? The one I just did. So the one you just did would have been the new one we placed, which was... Okay, so instead of... Ringing the bell. Ringing the, the bell, rope. you're going to... I'm stupid. <laughs> I didn't think about that. No, I, I honestly didn't think about that either. And then I was like, oh, I see what you did Rotten there. Rope. That's what you did there. I see. Because they're saying no bell tolls for us. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Like, so okay, well, with that, if no bell tolls for us and they're, you know, unliving, then... Toll. Toll the bell. Make them dead. Okay, so instead we're going to throw the black liquid on them. Yes. You let go of the rope and rush over to the kettle. If you can if you can only lift it, you could throw the liquid on the ghosts. That should scatter them. 
Why? The hooded robed figures make their way up the steps. They're getting closer. They're getting frantic. You strain against the handle of the kettle with all your strength. It budges a little, and some of the liquid sloshes onto the stone floor. It pulls around your foot, and you slip. You fall back, arms flailing. You knock against the bell. Bong, 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 bong. The bell tolls. The monk's chant changes. The bell tolls for us. The bell tolls for us. You look so fucking done, Michael. The bell tolls for us. One by one, I'm an idiot. one by one, <laughs> the hooded figures slump to the floor of the bell tower. Soon they are nothing more than a pile of empty robes in a heap at your feet. Bong, bong, bong. You push the bell again. Kip and Abby pull off their hoods. You saved us, Kip cries gratefully. And those stupid ghosts are gone for good, Abby adds. Can you believe those monks? Get a life. I mean, get a death. <laughs> um, you breathe a sigh. I have to save them. <laughs> I'm pushing them off of the belt. Is Abby a, is going off of this bell tower promptly. Is there an ending where I no longer have cousins? That one joke makes me want to destroy both of you. <laughs> um, you breathe a sigh of relief. We're safe now, you say. All is still. All except the flashing eyes on the other side of the courtyard. Uh-oh, you say. Those eyes can only mean one thing. And that thing is, turn to page 52. <laughs> Hold on. There it is. <laughs> Thread and needles. The flashing eyes across the courtyard could be only could only be one thing. The eyes of the knight in screaming armor. We can't escape from him, Abby sighs. It's no use trying anymore. He brought us here. This is his world. He must want something from us. Otherwise, he would have destroyed us by now, you point out. He's only toying with us, Abby says bitterly, like a cat plays with its food. My cat downs its fucking food. I know all of them do. Yeah. Uh, some more than others. Yeah. But, okay, I slipped on the goo. <laughs> on the goo. And I fell into the bell. In the bell, yeah. And I... Why did I even try using the damn rope in the first... Okay, in-universe, why the fuck would I try to use the damn rope if I can slip and fall onto the bell and make it fucking dong? Because those were the only two options you had, Michael. Like, you saw the rope, you said, okay, that rope, or you saw the liquid, said, okay, that liquid, and that's it. But if the fucking bell is at body height to me, I'm just going to Sparta kick the damn thing. Fair enough. No, yeah, you're totally right. I get that. <laughs> and honestly, if that didn't work, you could have just kicked it anyway, if it's that close. Yeah. Just... Stein! <laughs> <laughs> That was fucking fun. The look on your face when you said you slipped when I said you slipped into the bell was just like fuck this, <laughs> fuck this goddamn book. I am shooketh. I'm shooketh <laughs> with it's, rage. It's as if he's using our fear to uh, of him to make us face all our other possible fears. Like what? Kip whispers mysteriously. Abby gives Kip a double take. Face other fears? That's ridiculous. She says. I'm afraid of flying, but you don't see me. See him making me fly. A strong gust of wind blows through the bell tower and rings the bell. Eat the bitch. Eat the bitch. <laughs> bog, bog, bog. Eat the bitch. <laughs> you clap your hand over your ears. Kip dives for the pile of monk's robes. Abby jumps back and slams against the crumbling wall. The wall gives way behind her. Help me. I'm f f flying. Abby soars higher and higher until she's out of sight. Abby, Kip cries, come back. It's like fucking, shut the fuck up, dude. Oh my god. You did this to yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself. If she, okay, you have the option here. If she doesn't come back soon, store to page 92. If she returns in a flash, turn to page 102. 
What does she do, Michael? What does she do? I finally rid myself of this bitch. I finally got rid of this bitch. I finally rid myself of this bitch. Now they're like, does she come back soon? Does she? I'm imagining if she comes back soon, it's going to be at high velocity and screaming. I also say if she comes back, if she, okay, doesn't come back at all. Okay, it doesn't say if she comes back later. Because that would suck, having like waiting around. In real life, I would not wait around for this bitch. Nah, she's gone. Let's get the fuck out of here. Let's say she comes back. Fuck it. Are you sure? My altruism will be the death of me. Just like Dead by Daylight. 102. Alright. In a flash, Abby is back. But she's not Abby anymore. Fucking son of a hell! At least not most of her. It's her head, complete with long blonde hair, on the body of a gigantic black bird. Nighthawk Abby swoops down from the black night sky. She squawks. She flaps her wings and dive bombs you and Kip. Duck! You shout to Kip. Hawk! Abby screeches from above, and then she swoops down on you again. I'm done. I'm gonna kill the bitch. I'm taking a piss. (laughs) Michael, no! This is taking the piss out of me. I'm taking a piss. Michael, wait, we're we're so close. I can feel it. Michael! Boy, I'm going to burst! Fine, fuck it. (laughs) I'm done. I pee on the couch. It's your fault. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Anyway. Hawk. <laughs> oh, Stein. I love it. Hawk. Abby screams from above, then she swoops down on you again. You hear the flapping of her giant wings as she flies by your head and digs her sharp claws into your skull. You scream out in pain. Without stopping, she turns in midair and attacks Kip with the same skull cracking force. Abby. Abby, it's me. Kip pleads. Don't do this. Hawk. Abby cir- you good? Abby circles. Um, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Abby cir- no, wait, where was I? Uh, I lost my place. It's me, don't do this. Abby circles, ready for another attack. Ring the bell, you shout to Kip. Maybe the noise will scare her away. Kip reaches his hand up for the side- side of the bell. His fingers just miss it as Abby, the Nighthawk, flies between the bell and his hand. She opens her mouth and closes it tightly on the back of his shirt. When Kip, With Kip dangling from her teeth, she swoops down over you and grips your shirt with her hot claws. Get carried away to page 43. No, I can't wait to see this death. I'm being fed to baby birds. Oh my god, can you fucking imagine? Okay. Is it an end? Ah! Abby the Nighthawk squawks through clenched teeth. She carries you off into the night. You only hope she doesn't drop the two of you. She's flying really fast. Far below you, you see the bell tower and the crumbled ruins of the monastery. Ahead of you, ahead you see a giant bird's nest resting on a rocky mountaintop. Abby the Nighthawk hovers over the nest. She opens her mouth and Kip drops, and then she releases her claws and drops you. You hit the nest hard, really hard, and before you know it, a thin white shell starts for- uh, forming up around you. We're turning into eggs, you shout to Kip as the shell closes over your head, but he can't hear you because his shell has already closed over him. He tra- He's trapped and so are you. Now all you can do is wait for the time when you will hatch. That could be soon or more, li- more likely it could, ne- it could be never. For you two eggs, it's over easy. The end. That is the most bird-brained ending I have ever heard. Ha! <laughs> Uh, so, what do you want to go back to? You have one more life, Michael. Are we just going back to Abby flying? That one? Sure. Is that what you want to do? GG's. (laughs) GG's. I demand an extra life, because I'm hurting. 
<laughs> if she doesn't come back, turn to page 92. Okay. So I'm taking out all the bookmarks because that's the last life. This is the last life. Okay. 92. All the marbles. You've made it this far. Kip, Kip! Abby's voice is so far away now. You can hardly hear her. Wow, she's really flying, you say in amazement. You must be right about the fear thing, Kip. Come back! Kip calls up to the night sky, but Abby's growing smaller and smaller against the night sky. You didn't have to say it twice, Stein. What the fuck? And in another moment, she's gone. You almost can't believe it. Just like that. Gone. Kip starts to sob. You try to be brave. We'll find her again. I know we will, you say. We've come... We've come this far together, through all this craziness. A low growl from the stone stairs lets you know there's more craziness to come. Who's there, you demand? Uh, the evil knight's scream echoes out across the courtyard. The growl on the stairs turns to a howl answering the scream of the knight. Then, a huge black cat-like creature with yellow eyes appears around the bend of the stairs. Kip, over there, you say as quietly as you can. Turn to page 61. Dude, this is fucking bonkers. This book is fucking crazy. Are you okay, Michael? I need to pee. Do you want to pee real quick? I wanted to pee five minutes ago. Go pee. Go pee, Michael. No, no, no. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, fine. That was your only chance. Kip turns and sees the beast creeping up the stairs. Stay still and maybe it won't see us, you whisper. Slowly, you and Kip press yourselves into a corner of the bell tower and watch the beast. You've never seen anything like it. It's as large as the biggest lying lion and as black as night. Uh, it is. Sh it has short ears set back on a small dog-like head. A long swishing tail hits the crumbling wall, knocking stones to the ground. The beast growls. Rows of shiny white teeth drip with saliva. It turn. It's. It turns its fierce eyes in your direction. It sniffs the air. It smells you. A long red tongue licks its drooling black lips. It sees you. It's going to pounce, you cry. The beast jumps for you, but you jump too, right over the wall of the bell tower with Kip right behind you. Oh no! You both scream on your way down. Ah! Ah! You hear? A giant nighthawk uh, passes you as you fall. Ah! The bird squawks again as it swoops down beneath your falling bodies. Fall down to page 95. <laughs> oh my god, excuse me. <laughs> You're falling fast, but not fast enough to escape hot drool dripping from the beast's mouth. The beast leans over the edge of the bell tower wall. You get a face full of steaming spit before the next big loogie hits you. Goddamn. The, the giant nighthawk flies under you and Kip. It catches you on its back and swoops upward. You don't know where this uh, black bird of night is taking you. As you look back at the beast, you know one thing for sure. Wherever you're going... Wherever you, uh, you're going has got to be better than where you've just been. If the bird turns left, turn to page 115. If the bird turns right, turn to page 53. If the rescue mission takes a turn for the worse, turn to page 74. It's giving you an out. That's hilarious. What's up, Michael? So you have an out if you want to just use your last life, it seems. But part of me is like you made it this far, you know? What are you thinking? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. <laughs> the fucking... The P Abby's puns have broken you? Did Hawk break you, Michael? Yeah. Hawk broke you. Hawk broke me. <laughs> God, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I... I... <laughs> I genuinely hate it. <laughs> 
Man, you are not getting lucky with podcasts today, dude. No, 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 I am not. Hawk! The episodes we did for Kind of Creepy were fucking terrible. Oh my god. Left. Bird turns left, turn to page 115. That's the wrong way. That's the wrong way? No, sorry, I, I started going for like oh. down. The huge black bird takes a sudden turn to the left. Help, you yell! You tumble off the bird's back. Help! Crit- Kip cries as he too is thrown from the feathered back of the bird. Luckily, the bird is flying low to the ground. Unluckily, the ground isn't ground at all. It's water. Splash! You plunge into freezing cold water. The bird screeches as it flies away. Sink or swim. Sink or swim. Sink or swim, chant the voices of three withered old women standing on a nearby shore. Sorry. Sink or swim. Sink or swim. Sink or swim. What the fuck are these? The crones from Macbeth? Probably. And then a crashing wave sends you dr- down into the deep. You can- if- can you swim, Michael? Yes, I can. Alright, we're going to page 45. Like a fucking fish. <laughs> I'm actually really good at swimming, too, but I haven't gotten to it in a long time. Neither have I. Not since, uh, 20... 16? I know in high school we used to have a, uh, or at least before senior year, the house we lived in had a, a big pool that had a diving board and we installed, like, a water slide, and, like, I miss that so much. I miss having the ability to just go out and swim if I wanted to. Fucking rich people. (laughs) Swim, you called to Kip. Swim for your life! I can't swim, Kip calls back. His arms are flailing, and he disappears under a wave. You swim as fast as you can to where Kip just was. You reach down with your hand and grab his shirt. I've got you! Two voices call out at the same time. One voice is yours. The other is the deep and dark voice of the knight in screaming armor. You hold Kip up by his shirt collar. He's gasping for breath. Evil laughter comes from the shore of this lake. On the shore, you see the tall figure of the evil knight. A black night hawk is sitting on his armored shoulder. The bird flies off the evil knight's shoulder. When she flies over you, the bird turns back into Abby. She splashes down. Help! She cries. I can't swim either! What the fuck is wrong with you two? The evil knight's laughter echoes across the lake. I'll save- I'll save you, he bellows. I'll save you all. For me. Before your eyes, the night multiplies. Now hundreds of evil knights surround the lake shore. It's just a matter of time now. You're all washed up. The end. And that's your final life, Michael. Yay, it's over. Oh my god. All- I- I think- it's almost irritating how long you stayed in there only to be greeted with that bullshit. Well, you know, if we're going with current horror trends, yeah, the good ones don't have happy endings anymore. No, you're right. So I'm happy with how that ended. It was like, I. What did you think of this book overall? Like puns aside, obviously. Uh, yeah, puns aside, fuck the puns. Uh, <laughs> okay. Hashtag fuck the puns. Hashtag fuck the puns. Hashtag put your dick in a pun. <laughs> the ones where it gave no indication whatsoever that they would be good or bad. It was just kind of like turn left or right. Yeah. The, yeah, I get. Yeah, that was a little weird. I haven't seen that in a um, in a goosebump in one of these yet. So like, also, see, like the one with the bell, that was good. Mm-hmm. It was just me not thinking. But at the same time, I could just fall into the bell and ring the damn thing. What the fuck, Stein? Yeah, really. Like, I haven't seen that in any of these before. Mm-hmm. Like, I have not seen choices that you have no control over, basically. Like, realistically, you would have no control over it. Yeah. Like, I think he heard people complaining in the first eight books, 
hey, you're not putting enough choices in, and said, all right, fine, everything's a fucking choice then. You do the story then. Fuck you. (laughs) (sighs) Let's see the good endings. Uh, The other endings, if possible. Yes, uh, 23 endings in total. Let's get to the bads first. Um, The first one is, the knight in screaming armor is going to destroy all that is good. Evil spelled backwards is live, which is one thing you won't be doing when he's through with you. Note that you're given another chance if you think it's too early to end the story. Okay, so that's the first ending. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, you keep an Abby get pinned to a wall by mud monsters. The mud hardens, trapping all of you in a wall. That's probably the most useful mud monsters in the Goosebump series have ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, you turn into a cuckoo clock bird after interacting with the cuckoo clock of doom. How did we miss all the fucking Easter eggs? Cause I'm fucking good. <laughs> I am goaded. Uh, you keep an Abby are turning into babies and growing younger. You turn the time around on the green clock face and Kip and Abby turn back to normal, but you are still a baby. As unfair as it is, you are still alive. Whether you will still uh, go back in age, disappearing for good, grow older later, or stay that way forever is unclear. Uh, Next up, you don't rely on your own head to save Kip from mannequin guard heads, so instead you try the mannequin head that's at the highest place in the room. When you come back to- when you- Come to eye level with it, the mannequin head turns around to face you. It turns out to be the head of the evil knight, and it switches heads with you. Hmm. The word head was abundant in that sentence. Um, you have a queen's head. Abby has your head, and Kip has a gargoyle's head. When the other mannequin heads start screaming at 6 a.m., you grab the, th- the ringing three-faced clock from, the, from your sweatshirt and decide to use it. When you touch the hand- handless orange clock face, though, it stops time. After touching a suit of armor, an iron cage drops from the ceiling and imprisons you. Um, next, you and your cousins are trying to escape from a room whose walls are closing in on you. You realize that the answer to the riddle you hold is what you had never hoped to find out. Later becomes now, which only lasts but a second later, and then becomes then, and since the ugly truth is that you won't be able to escape, it's the end. That was... That was convoluted. That was very convoluted, dude. While you were asleep, the evil knight turned you into one of his personal guardsmen. So I assume that's what happens if you try to... Well, no, it's not, because... Uh, it shows you what pages you need to go to to get that. Uh, and you would think that would be what happens if you um, didn't wake up, right? Or if you didn't mm-hmm. check the I screen. I survived out. two of these books. How? Oh, the first one didn't count. I though. know. Okay, yeah, but... Like, I have survived two of these. Yes. And because people fucking complained... I died in the third one. Because I am upset. I doubt that's what that actually is. And bad descriptions. Stein, you screwed me. Oh my god. Uh, you, Kip, and Abby never find your way out of the hedges because you failed to complete a maze in a few days. You die from starving, dehydration, and exhaustion. Years later, your bodies mix in with the soil and you become plant food for the hedges. Morbid. Nice. Morbid. You, Kip, and Abby try to escape from the three, the old three-headed gardener wizard... But he turns the three of you into one three-headed person. You kip it. That is the worst ending. Yeah. Especially with fucking Abby. You've got a call, my friend. Yes, I do. Is everything okay? Okay. You can a- you kip and Abby become flowers in a garden of an old three-headed wi- gardener wizard. Uh, you find out that he caught other people and did the same thing to them. Uh, next, Kip is drowning in the lake. Okay, this seems like... Okay, so yes, this one's ours. This is where the one we just ended with. So Kip is drowning in a lake. 
And just as you're about to rescue him, Evil Knight appears. Abby appears as a Nighthawk. Uh, landing in the lake, Evil Knight multiplies into many. It's implied that you and your cousins meet an unpleasant end. You end up trapped inside one of the crates, unable to get out. Feeling like you aren't already... Like you aren't ready for a jousting duel, the sorceress puts a curse upon your armor, making you break out in a rash that can never be healed. This gives the evil knight time to finish you off. The old three-headed gardener wizard, Jesus Christ, turns you, Kip, and Abby into birds. So Abby turns into a bird a lot in this fucking book. Mm. Abby, who's turned to a nighthawk, flies over to a nest on the mountaintop and drops you and Kip. Okay, we got this one too. Eggshells from around you both, trapping you inside. Yeah. You, Kip, and Abby join a group of ghost monks after putting on the robes. You try stopping this by pulling a rope that will ring a bell, but the rope breaks. Okay, so that was the third one we got. The first one we got, really, mm -hmm. though. Um, you climb up a mountain made of fragments of stone, people of stone people to pick up a uh, to pick up a shiny object on top. Oh, so you were close to getting this one. Uh, but it turns out to be the finger of the evil knight. He throws you off the edge. Then you, Kip, and Abby join the countless number of people assi assimilated in on the mountain. Hmm. And the last bad ending. You soon realize you haven't gotten rid of the curse when you see a branch in your room and hear the evil knight's uh, metallic voice. Wait, where's the one where I drowned? It was in there. Okay. I just kind of skimmed by it a bit. And then the three good endings are... As follows, you wake up back in the garage with Abby and Kip sitting next to you. You wonder if the mudslingers and the evil knight were all imaginary. Uh, after turn, okay, this one's a long one, so bear with me. Um, after turning the hands of the pink clock face, you and your cousins turn into elderly people. Then you sneeze, unintentionally summoning the keeper of time. You decide to move the the pink clock's hands forward so the keeper ages faster. You all grow older, and just as it looks like your time has expired, the keeper expires first. Then you change yourself and your cousins back to normal. You are then told to turn to page six as the story hasn't ended yet. So you basically get fucking restarted, I guess. Fuck. Uh, so one of the good endings wasn't even an ending. You end up defeat. Alright, and last one. Last good. You end up defeating the evil knight and thus have broken the curse. The sorceress becomes old and decrepit and all her magical powers disappear. You and your cousins are brought back home. But when you try to tell them what happened, they find it hard to believe. You come across the steaming heap of scrap metal on the floor. Proof that everything really did happen. <gasps> okay, so really I was nowhere near the end. No, you were nowhere near any kind of ending. I assume it might have been one of those things where you took a path and you weren't able to, you weren't able to have a good ending. That is so dumb. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, because there are some books where the very first thing, if you choose the wrong answer, you will not get a good ending. Hmm. And the, on the very first one, that's a lot of pressure, man. All right, uh, why, don't we tr why don't we do trivia from the book? We recently started doing this um, in the past few episodes. I just find it interesting. Um, trivia, most of this book's choices are based on things that, realistically, the reader should not be in control of. Which is what we were fucking saying. This book is the only book in the Give Yourself Goosebumps series where the reader's characters are given a surname, Saxton. The Cuckoo Clock, Mud Monsters, King Jelly Jam, and the Lord High Executioner make appearances in this book. I didn't run into a damn one of them. Dude, King Jelly Jam and the Lord High Executioner? What the fuck? Oh, I love that. Um, The phrase, your plant food, which appear... Oh, by the way, if we ever do another... 
uh, Hiatus Book Club or whatever, we have to do uh, Horror at Camp Jelly Jam. Yes. We fucking gotta. Oh, my God. Um, the place Your Plant Food, which appears in this book, would later be used as a book title for the 13th book in the Give Yourself Goosebump series. Okay. Mm. Cool. While most of the books do not mention the reader's race or appearance in order to accommodate the reader, this book specifies that you have Anglo-Saxon ancestry. Uh, and finally, uh, the tagline for this book is a reference to the phrase, it was a night to remember. Uh, references in other Goosebumps media, the evil knight appears in an early draft of the, of a, of the Goosebumps film, and the evil knight appears in Goosebumps Horror Town, the game, the yeah. app game. All right, overall, now that you know all the endings and stuff, what did you think about this book? Because to me, it seems like taking the good night just would have made things so fucking bonkers. Like with time and mannequins and I don't mm. know, man. I think it's good. It's good. I think it has a lot going on, but I think... Yeah, I think it needs to be better structured. Yes, I think it needs to be a little bit better structured. I think that it needs to have less choices and i've never said that before but it needs to have less choices based off of random chance basically yeah. do you want to go left or right what's Fucking... to the left and what's to the right i get it in the sense if you're walking down a path but there has to be some kind of indicator to tell you what is going on in that path mm -hmm. you have to give us some kind of clue you know yeah not just left right or give up the fact that it gave you an out still like messes with me like come on man what did that one lead to I wonder if that one just continued the story. I wonder if that was a uh, a coup or something. I don't know. But, yeah. I fucking enjoyed this. I, I enjoyed this. I thought it was at least busy and had stuff going on in it. I enjoyed most of it. <laughs> Except for the damn puns. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, Michael, thank you so much for coming on this bonus episode. Mm -hmm. I really do appreciate it. Um, I'm glad we got to do another one with you. Um, and... I'm sorry that you didn't get to start a record of having gotten good endings. My record is two. Your record... Well, technically, uh, on record, your record is one. Because you got the best ending in the only episode you've been on so far. But, uh, but yeah, thank you. My and record between us is two. Between us, yes, is two. But you already read that already, so you knew it was going to happen beforehand. <laughs> little cheating cheater. It's not... I didn't prepare for it. But you read it, so yeah, you did prepare for it. You knew exactly what was going to happen. You make it sound like you were like, hey, Michael, we're going to do this one, and then, then you're going to react to it. Hee hee hee, I'm going to Reese. I'm going to look it up on online. That's what you did. Motherfucker, no. I'm kidding. Um, I read that when I was like 12. All right, that's fair. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I hope you have a good February. Valentine's Day is coming up in 13 days. We are recording this the night before it goes up, so I need to get on. But thank you all so much for watching, not watching, listening. Uh, stay creepy and boo bye. Bye. -bye.